Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Check out our new website for all your news, updates, and episodes at NASCARfieldfiller.com. We have one spot left in the field, so let's fill up the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. It is now time for New Hampshire Motor Speedway, the last race of the first half of the season, basically, before we go into the Olympic summer break. So the next two weeks, we're going to be off due to the Olympics. Make sure to watch that. So this race is kind of a big one for a lot of drivers because after this, it's really a race to make it into the playoffs. There's not that many races afterwards before the playoffs begin. So here in New Hampshire, you want to make a big message when you go into the off weeks. And New Hampshire is kind of one of those very interesting tracks. There's not that many one-mile racetracks. I mean, there's Phoenix, there's Dover, but they're nothing compared to New Hampshire. All of them have high banking. This track does not. It's a very flat racing surface. You kind of get around the turns similar to Martinsville in a way, but it's a lot wider. It's very interesting to watch, and it usually can come down to a field mileage race or can come down to an action-packed race between two drivers. It's one of those very unique ones, that's for sure. However, we still got to figure out who we're going to go with in this race. Who's going to be the one standing on top? Who's the ones that are not really going to show up? A lot of questions that are going to be answered here in today's episode. But first, we got a lot of news to talk about this week. It seems like this week we had a lot of the 2022 silly season really start to take off. Uh, Big announcements for certain rides and some drivers who are free agents. Hell, it's going to be very interesting to see in the next coming weeks where drivers are going to be. I think this was one of the first weeks where we got to see that action. So let's cover a bit of this week's news here in the NASCAR racing world. Okay, so the first bit of news I want to cover on is the one that we saw earlier this week, and that was involving the number five of Rick Henrik and Kyle Larson. Looks like they have came to an agreement to do a contract extension all the way to the 2023 season, with HenrikCars.com being the primary sponsor for 33 races. I'm not going to lie. I really did expect Kyle Larson to stay with Rick Henrik for the long haul. I did not expect HenrikCars.com to be the primary sponsor. But I guess what Rick Henrik says is his business is going up. The sales are going up. And all the dealerships, they're paying right now. So might as well keep it as the primary sponsorship. If Rick Henrik's not losing any money, in fact, he's winning money, why would you want any other sponsor on the car? I found that kind of shocking. I really thought that that was just an excuse for them not to have the number five card stay unsponsored, but turns out I was completely wrong. So looks like we're going to see the Henrik dynasty last for quite a while now because they've done an extension for uh, not only Kyle Larson, but Alex Bowman, William Byron's in the middle of extension, as well as Chase Elliott. So everyone remembers the dynasty with Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, and then we can also include maybe Kyle Busch and Dale Earnhardt Jr. in there, and then Kyle Busch got replaced with Mark Martin. This is the new dynasty for Henrik Motorsports, and I'm really excited what the team can do from here on out because this is the first year that this team has all been together as one. Who knows what they can do in the next coming years. But the number five car, it's staying to Kyle Larson. 
Let's go to the one that kind of a lot of us expected, but we were just waiting for the news to finally get dropped, and it was involving the number two machine. So Brad Keselowski is going to be out of the number two car, and everything is pointing to Roush Fenway Racing. It sounds like he's going to have the part ownership. He's going to be running the number six car. Even Roger Penske said it himself. So Brad Keselowski is out, and his replacement is the 2020 Xfinity champion of Austin Sindrick. Austin Sindrick has already proved what he can do in the sport. Multiple wins down the Xfinity series, led a few laps in some of the road courses that he's attended in the Cup series. And for him to be in that number two car, I'm very excited to see what he can do. He could potentially be one of the few rookies to get multiple victories in their rookie season. I can't remember too many drivers who have been able to pull that off. I know Tony Stewart did it. I think even Jimmy Johnson did it. And Denny Hamlin. Those are some big names. People like Chase Elliott, William Byron, uh, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick. None of those drivers have been able to get multiple wins in their rookie season. And I feel like Austin Sindrick has the potential to do it in that number two machine. We've already seen that the number two machine is really fast. Austin Sindrick, we know he's fast. He's really, really good at road courses, especially now that they have extended the schedule to about seven road courses per year. So more opportunities to win that. And the number two car is one of the most uh, legacy cars in the last few years as far as the number goes. I mean, look at the drivers who have been in that car. Obviously, Rusty Wallace, a guy who won 55 races in the Cup Series. Kurt Busch may have not won a championship, but he did get multiple victories in that number two machine. Then you had Brad Keselowski getting a championship for Roger Penske in 2012, getting 30 plus wins. Now you're going to get Austin Sindrick in there. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that number two car running near the front at some of the races next year. And then Wood Brothers Racing, believe it or not, is making a driver change. One of the biggest news drops, I think the most shocking one out of them all, because the driver they picked and the driver who is left without a ride. So next year, starting in the 2022 season with the new next-gen car, we are going to have Harrison Burton driving the number 21 car for Wood Brothers. I honestly did not see this one coming. I mean, Harrison Burton, he's been with Joe Gibbs Racing the last couple of years, and now he's moving on to a Ford with affiliated team with Roger Penske. So just to put that there alone, we've seen him run a couple races with Gaunt Brothers in the Cup Series. Actually, it's probably only been one race now that I think about it. So nothing really kind of pinpointed that, yes, he's going to go to Wood Brothers. I honestly thought that they were going to stay with Matty Bandetto, but they want some younger blood. And I mean, Harrison Burton, he does have some good results. He has a few victories under his belt in the Xfinity Series, has a few solid runs, uh, including this year. He hasn't been victorious, but he's been running near the front a lot. So honestly, I'm not surprised to see Harrison Burton move up into the Cup Series. I just did not think it was going to be with the number 21 car. Now, with that being said, Matt DiBenedetto, one of the most loved drivers in the sport, is now once again looking for a ride. And honestly, it's really hard to see where he's going to go at this point. He was obviously heartbroken. If you watch the video on Twitter, you can see his emotions just being put out there once again. It's just a, He's just a driver who knows that he can get a victory here in the Cup Series. He just needs a chance. I still think he can look really good in the Daytona race. I think that would be the most badass thing to see Wood Brothers Racing get their 100th victory there at Daytona in the second race of the year with Matt Bandetto. That would be awesome. But that race is so unpredictable, you can't really predict who's going to win that race. 
Matthew Benedetto is now looking for a ride, and right now I'm trying to look at other teams that he could potentially fit well in. One thought is the 23XI team. I've always thought that that would be a really cool thing if they were to bring Matt DiBandetto into that second car. However, it looks like Kurt Busch is mostly going to be the prime candidate to go into that slot. However, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick Matt DiBandetto either because he's already raced with that secondary team with Joe Gibbs Racing in the number 95. Did actually really well for that team. I'm just wondering who they're going to go with. If they're going to go with experience or go with a guy who has a lot of potential, we shall see. Also, it seems like Stuart Haas Racing, they do have one car opened up, and that is the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Of course, I'm not saying that he's leaving after this year. There's a very good chance he stays with the, that number 10 team. He's just been having a really bad year, and let's be honest, Eric Amarola brings sponsorship, so if they extend on with the number 10 machine, I would not be surprised with that. But if Eric Amarola leaves, there might be a good chance that you see Matt DiBandetto go in that direction. I I really hope he doesn't go into a situation where he's a part-time driver for Colleg Racing or he goes to GMS Racing, Rick Rare Racing, one of those teams where he's not going to have another chance to get a victory and he's just going to be hanging around there just hoping that he gets another chance. I hope that doesn't happen. Hell, maybe there's even an opportunity for him to go back down into the lower series, kind of similar to what John Hunter Nemechek did, try to go for a championship in the Xfinity series, and then when the time is right, when there's a good spot in the Cup series, he moves in that way. I don't know what Matt DiBandetto's plan is right now, and he doesn't know what the plan is, because honestly right now, I don't really see a ride really popping up, head and shoulders above the rest, because... Gosh, I didn't even think Harrison Burton was going to be in the number 21 card, but here we are. So a lot of interesting things, but right now, Matt DiBandetto, one of the top free agents right there next to Kurt Busch for the 2022 season. And that's a bit of news I wanted to cover on, so... Big, big um, announcements here for this week. I mean, the number five car is now locked in for the next couple of years, as well as the number two and number 21. And then you got this free agent out here who everybody loves, who could be in a prime equipment next year, or maybe go back and scale back and run in the Xfinity series. Who knows? But this is kind of the start to the 2022 silly season, and this is when things get a little really exciting, especially now that we're going to have a new car coming in. There's just so many moves going on in the sport, which all Always makes it a lot of fun. Now we will move on to what I think is the most fun here with this podcast, and that is the fancy picks. Which drivers are going to capitalize here at New Hampshire Motor Speedway? Which ones are going to fade out? And who's going to be the overall best picks to put on your fancy team? Well, let's get into it. This is now week 22 of fancy picks at New Hampshire. Alrighty, six drivers, one will be in the garage, the other five will count towards your final score. Who are the ones you want to go with? Let's look at the top picks that look the strongest going into this race. The first one being the number 18 of Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch has had the best average out of anyone in the last six races. His last few finishes here at New Hampshire have been a little bit up and down. However, he's been contending for the victory in one of them, and that was back in 2018 there between him and Kevin Harvick. So he does have some good results here when it comes to New Hampshire, and even at one-mile racetracks, this is including Dover and Phoenix. I know they're not really the same tracks, but still, they're comparable in length. His average finish has been 11.35, 
two victories, and seven top fives in the last three years. Those are some really good numbers, and right now, it seems like Kyle Busch has been the biggest threat to Rick Henrik Motorsports as far as domination. I don't really see it slowing down for the number 18 car, especially going into this one-mile track. I think Kyle Busch is going to be going near the top three, and is going to be one of the top picks here for this weekend. Next one I want to add on is a guy I've been keeping off the fantasy rosters for a long time, but now I think it's a good time to add him back on, and that is Martin Trex Jr. in the number 19. Martin Trex Jr. has not looked like a favorable guy to put on your fantasy roster for quite some time now. However, with his last race at... Atlanta being in the top three, now we're starting to look over at him once again thinking, huh, maybe the team is starting to come back. I mean, remember last year during the summer, he had all those phenomenal finishes in the top four and he kept that streak going. But the one thing that really interests me is not only his finishes here in the last few New Hampshire races, third, sixth, fourth, very consistent, but look at where he's gotten his victories at this year. They have been at racetracks that have been about a mile in length. He got a victory at Phoenix, he got a victory at Darlington, and got a victory at Martinsville. Now, these tracks are all a little bit different in their own way. However, they all kind of share a similarity with New Hampshire. I mean, Martinsville, it's kind of like flat surface, kind of similar to the New Hampshire racetrack. Phoenix, around the same length. Darlington, eh, well, it's just Darlington. Nothing can really compare to Darlington. But the biggest thing I want to point out is he has struggled quite a bit when it's come to the bigger racetracks, like mile and a half. Not so with the smaller racetracks. Now we're coming back to a smaller racetrack. He's had a lot of success here in the past. His average finish at one-mile racetracks has been 7.53 with 10 top fives. I believe things are going to be looking really good for that number 19 machine this weekend. So definitely consider Martin Trex Jr. as a number one or number two pick for this weekend. Alright boys, it is time to reveal the driver that I believed was going to be victorious here in this race. But why didn't I not put him as the number one pick? Because now I'm a little nervous. However, I still think he can finish in the top three. And that is the number four of Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick this year, it just hasn't been good. There, there's no um, sugarcoating it. The team has struggled tremendously. And it hasn't been just Kevin Harvick. It's been all of Stuart Haas Racing. When is it finally going to turn around for these guys? Is it going to be here at New Hampshire? Honestly, I really think so. Of course, I said that a little while ago, but hear me out. Kevin Harvick just kicks ass at this racetrack. His worst finish in the last three years here at New Hampshire has been a fifth. The other two races, he was victorious. Average finish at one-mile racetracks, including the ones we ran this year, 4.0. Five victories, 12 top fives. Absolutely phenomenal when it comes to these types of races. Has the last six races been kind of crappy for the number four team? Yes, his average finish has been 12.83. However, those tracks were really comparable to mile-and-a-half tracks and, and Pocono, just really large tracks. I'm hoping that Kevin Harvick can finally turn things around and finally get Stuart Haas racing in the right direction. However, if he's not able to be successful in this race, I really don't see any other spot for the number four team to really pick it up as more than just a top ten guy. So Kevin Harvick, I'm going to take a gamble on him personally in my team. Maybe you guys will too. I say he's a good number two pick here for this race and a good contender for the victory. 
another guy who hasn't gotten a victory yet this year, but besides Kevin Harvick, is looking really, really good still, and he's still the points leader. That is the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin here at New Hampshire has always been really good, even though he really, really hates lobsters. If you ever seen him in victory lane hold that lobster, it is hilarious. He is always like flinching like, ew, gross, this is the worst trophy ever. But if you look at his last few finishes here, they've been really good. He's gotten two runner-up finishes, and... Honestly, when it comes to uh, one-mile racetracks, he has about the third-best average with 7.59. Of course, that's including 2020, where he was absolutely dominant. This year, maybe not as dominant, but still really damn good. In the last six races, his average has been 10.83, similar to another driver we're about to mention here, but overall, about the third or fourth-best average so far. I don't really see Denny Hamlin getting his victory here this weekend, but I see him running near the front. Definitely good number two guy. I wouldn't put him ahead of the other three drivers I mentioned. I think he's going to be the third best driver as far as Joe Gibbs Racing goes, but he's definitely going to be up there. Denny Hamlin, a good top pick for this race. And then the last driver we have on here is Joey Logano in the number 22. I did not think Joey Logano was going to be a top pick. And then I looked at a few of his stats and then he's decided to prove me wrong. Because when it comes to New Hampshire, very consistent, very fast, runs near the front. And unless Morgan Shepard is out on the racetrack, he will be contending for the victory. Look at his last three finishes here at this racetrack. Fourth, ninth, ninth. Maybe not top pick value, but still really worth of being on your fantasy roster. His average finish is about the same, 10.83 in the last six races and 10.53 in the last three years. However, Joey Logano has been showing that he can be a really consistent driver here recently, and here at New Hampshire, where he's already been really good, I can see him put a solid weekend together and get a top five for his team. So those are the top picks here for this weekend. I got Kyle Busch in the number 18, Martin Trex Jr. in the number 19, Kevin Harvick in the number 4, Denny Hamlin in the number 11, and Joey Logano in the number 22. Now let's move on to the pretty good category. Who are we going to put first in the pretty good category? Why not include the number nine of Chase Elliott? Chase Elliott has been really good this year. About the similar statistics that he had back in last year. However, he led way more laps last year, but he's still doing really, really good right now. And here in New Hampshire, it's kind of up and down. Uh, he's got a 9th, 29th, and 5th. So finishes not too bad, but then that 29th, you get a little worried right there. And also his last six races, also a little worrisome, 14.67. But the way Rick Henrik has been this year, there's a good chance that all four of them can be running in the top eight any single week. I would not be surprised if that happens once again. Even though not one of them made it into the top picks, there still should be right there in the back of your mind have you thinking, man, Maybe this is going to be another solid week for Rick Henrik. I don't know if they can edge out Joe Gibbs Racing, but they may score a bunch of fantasy points. And Chase Elliott may be one of the top guys here in this race. I mean, does really good at Phoenix, Darlington, Dover, Martinsville. Similar tracks that Martin Trex Jr. has been victorious at or running near the front. I would not be surprised if you see Chase Elliott there contending for the win near the end. Do I think he's going to get the victory? No. Do I think he can get a top five? Maybe edge out Joey Logano? There's a good chance. So definitely consider Chase Elliott to be a good number three or number four pick this weekend. Oh my god, I used Kyle Larson last week and he only gave me 30-something points. I told everybody that Kyle Larson should only be used if you think he can guarantee you 50-plus points and I wasted him on a 33-point weekend. 
That is painful. But the funny thing is, I am pissed off about a driver giving me 33 points. That's just how good Kyle Larson has been this year. I don't think he's a guaranteed slam dunk for this weekend. I still think he can put a solid run, run near the top 10, maybe in the top 5. But I don't know if this is like Kyle Larson worthy of a racetrack. We know that you only have 10 picks in the regular season. How many of those picks have you used already for the number 5 machine? You've probably used quite a bit. If, if not, you've used them all at this point. Do you really want to race one at a track that we don't know, honestly, how good he's going to do? I mean, his last finishes here in the number 42 car were 33rd and 12th. Nothing too spectacular. I mean, you don't really think of New Hampshire and think, oh, this is Kyle Larson's track. I'm not going to say that he's going to finish like 18th or something. He, he, could, he could most definitely get a top 10 easy. I just don't think... 30-something points is going to be valuable for the number five machine. From a broad perspective, he's a good fantasy pick. However, if you're trying to save some picks for the number five of Kyle Larson, I think it would be best to sit him out for this weekend. Next up, we got the number one car of Kurt Busch, last week's winner. He now makes it into the pretty good category. And believe it or not, this was actually kind of crazy. I did not expect this. He has the second best average finish in the last six races with 7.5. Two top fives. He even edged out Kyle Larson. The only one that beat him was Kyle Busch. And that's pretty damn impressive. Like I said last week, I did not think Kurt Busch was the number one guy at Chip Ganassi. And then he just utterly proved me wrong. And now looking here at this New Hampshire race, it could be another good weekend for that number one machine. His finishes may not look too spectacular in the last couple of years with the 17th place, 18th place, and 8th place. However, he has led 94 laps. So he's been near the front, and we've seen what he can do in stage races. He can get definitely score 10 to 9 stage points in every single race, it almost feels like, because I feel like the last three or four races, he's been right up in the top three at one of the end of the stages. So definitely value right there, and definitely good momentum, and he does really good at this racetrack. Hell, it might be a really, really good idea to consider Kurt Busch as a number three or number four pick here for New Hampshire. In the ninth spot, we're going to include Alex Bowman in the number 48 machine. Three of the Henrik cars here in the pretty good category, and I feel pretty confident about that, especially with Alex Bowman, because Alex Bowman has shown that he can run fairly well here at this racetrack, but is he worthy to be a third or fourth pick? That is going to be the question where we're kind of a little wishy-washy on, because if you look at his last three finishes here, 15th, 14th, and 11th. I mean, very consistent, but not really solid I mean when you with Rick Henrik you're expected to be in the top 10 and especially with this year you know when the team has been absolutely dominant they definitely want to be running near the top eight now his average finish has been 9.5 in the last six races looking pretty good right there however do you want to put him ahead of Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson maybe even above Kurt Busch or anyone as your top picks uh I don't know I really don't know, but then again, Alex Bowman has always kind of been that wild card here on this podcast, so I think it might be best to save him. Um, I see him more finishing outside the top 10 than I do see him finishing inside the top 7, top 8. Uh, could he get a ninth or 10th? Maybe, but I still lean more towards the fact that he probably might get an 11th or 12th place finish here in this race, and if you want to use a pick on him and you think that's good enough, hey, by all means, use him. But for me personally, eh, I say fourth pick is best for the number 48 machine. Then for this final spot, it's going to be all Chevys. 
And the last one that's going to fill it up is going to be the number eight of Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick has already proved this year that he deserves to be in the playoffs. Solid runs, been right around the top 10, putting on some really, really good races there for Richard Childers Racing and looks to be the strongest driver there with Austin Dillon close in second place. His finish here last year was really good. He got a top 10, and I feel like this year he can improve even more because it looks like the team is even stronger right now. His average finish in the last six races, there in the top seven with 11.83 and three top 10s. I see the consistency continuing for this number eight car, and he's similar with Alex Bowman. I say a really good fourth pick. I don't believe it's going to be a 45-plus point weekend. I'm thinking maybe around 38 points is what I could see Tyler Reddick in a really good scenario right now. Maybe even 35. That's still really good, and that's definitely a good driver to go with right now if you're saving some of your top drivers. Like for me personally, Kyle Larson, yeah, I've used up him a lot. I've used up Chase Elliott. And I've even used up Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. Guys that I think are going to be running really good in this race. If I could take a little bit of a hit, I will throw Tyler Reddick in replacement for them because it's not going to be that much of a hit. And it gives me a little bit of that cushion room for some racetracks here in the future. I mean, Martin Truex Jr., I want to probably save him for uh, the Watkins Glen race at least. Denny Hamlin, I want to save him for one of the restrictor plate races. Well, Daytona is the only restrictor plate race, but you see what I mean. Some of these drivers I want to say for tracks that I know they're absolutely absolutely going to go do good in. And right now, Tyler Reddick seems to be a guy you know you're absolutely going to get a top 10 with. So those are the guys in the pretty good category. I got the number nine of Chase Elliott, the number five of Kyle Larson, the number one of Kurt Busch, the number 48 of Alex Bowman, and the number eight of Tyler Reddick. Now let's move on to the guys you may want to take a gamble for for your fifth and sixth spot here at New Hampshire. Oh man, he is only a take a chance guy and that is William Byron in the number 24. William Byron was known earlier for most of the year as the top 10 guy. Always worth a top 10, running really solid. And then the last few races, it just hasn't felt the same. I don't know if they're taking gambles. I said last week that he's probably going for either victories or they're going to be falling through, finishing 15th or worse. That just seems like what William Byron is right now. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. And they've been doing phenomenal all this year. I mean, they're still, if we could take out all the bonus points and all that stuff, and we just looked at regular points, he's in the top five. So he's been doing really good. It's just, I don't know how much you want to trust him as far as fantasy goes, especially when New Hampshire, he's been running around the top 15, similar to Alex Bowman, but that's about it. I don't know if I want to waste a pick on William Byron if he's going to get another uh, 11th to 15th place. Actually, I'm not going to even second guess that. I don't want to use William Byron if I feel like he's going to only going to finish 12th and give me 28 points because William Byron could score me 40 plus points in 10 races. We've seen it already happen. So William Byron, he's similar to Alex Bowman. If, if you think that 30-something points is good enough, by all means, put him in your fantasy roster. For me personally, nah, I would sit William Byron out or put him in the sixth spot just in case maybe, hey, he could do something really good. That Maybe that's a good idea. Keep him in the garage area. If, if you feel like he's going to be running around eighth or worse, that's probably not a good decision to put William Byron into your top five, but definitely good to have him in the storage area for this weekend. And then Brad Keselowski comes onto this list, and I'm kind of surprised that I put him this down low, especially that he is the most recent winner when it comes to this racetrack. 
However, there hasn't really been anything too spectacular lately. I know they're doing a team change, and we already talked about that. Things can really uh, mess with a team, especially when they know they're going to have a driver's change. Uh, And Brad Keselowski right now kind of feels like he's in that spot. Of course, he could change things around here at a track where he's been successful in the past. Seems like the number two team hasn't really been the team to beat at any other racetrack except Talladega so far this year. So Brad Keselowski... I, I say he can probably more than likely get a 10th place finish here, maybe even a 9th place finish. Is he going to be running for the victory? I really don't see it. I If anyone's running for the victory here in Roger Penske, it's going to be that number 22 at Joey Logano. Brad Keselowski is going to be probably right there around in the top 10. If you think that's a good valuable pick for Brad Keselowski, especially the year where he's been kind of eh, just right around there, I'd say put him down as your 5th pick here for this weekend. And then we're going to go with some guys to take a big gamble on. Maybe not so. Maybe some of these guys are you feel more confident than some other drivers I mentioned. And the first one I want to include is the guy that everyone's been talking about, Matt Benedetto in the number 21. You all remember a couple years ago when he was racing that number 95 machine. When he was there at Bristol, when he knew he wasn't coming back, he lit that race up. Did a phenomenal job in that machine. Almost won the race. I almost feel like something could similar happen in this race, especially with the results he's had in the past. A 6th and 5th place finish here the last two times we went to New Hampshire, one with the number 95 team and one with the number 21 car. Already shown great results here when it comes to New Hampshire, and now he has a little bit of extra motivation. When I mean a little bit, I mean a shitload there in that number 21 machine. And he's also trying to make it into the playoffs well. He's on the outside looking in. Needs a really good race. It could all fall together here for the number 21 car I'd say he's a good fifth pick here for this weekend then the next one we have here is the number 10 of Eric Amarola. I think if they, we go to a track where Eric Amarola has shown really good finishes in the past, we're still going to put him as a guy you want to take a gamble on just for the fact that this year has been atrocious for that number 10 team. His finishes have been phenomenal. Last three years, his best finish has been third and his worst finish has been 11th. Really good runs. You know, you think of Eric Amarola running in the top 10 and this is one of those perfect examples of a racetrack, but his average finish has been 16.67 in the last six. That's not really that good. Uh, but however, if you look at the last three years at 1.0 mile racetracks, his average has been 12.24. Now, that may not sound great um, when you're thinking, oh, geez, he can only finish on average 12th. That's pretty bad. That's still the seventh best average out of all the drivers I have mentioned. So he does really good when it comes to these types of racetracks. The question is, though, What is Stuart Haas Racing going to bring to this racetrack? We've seen them have a lot of success in the past when the team first started to even last year. What are they going to bring here at New Hampshire? Is it going to be the same thing we've been seeing all of 2021? Or are they finally going to start getting their shit together? Eric Amrola, six pick. I I would keep him in the garage area. And if he starts running near the front, then you put him on your fantasy roster. And then the last one is going to be one that's kind of interesting. Definitely a huge gamble. I would not put him anywhere in the top five. He's definitely going to be in your garage area unless he shows something really impressive. But that is the number six of Ryan Newman. 
Ryan Newman really, really likes this racetrack according to his results. Has been victorious here in the past when he was running the number 39 machine. He's also gotten a top 10 in the number 31 when he was running with Richard Childers Racing three years ago. And then even here in the number 6 machine, he has scored a top 10. Now, last year, I said the same thing. I remember last year. I thought he was going to do really good in this race and he finished 21st. This year, it's been kind of the same thing. We think tracks that he's going to do good at, he kind of really struggles at. He's had a few top 10s, but that's about it. I don't even think it's a few. I think it's only been two. Uh, Ryan Newman, there there is that potential he can get there, but it seems like right now he's in the time of his life where he's starting to slowly fall off right now, and I don't really blame him too much because when you have a scary wreck like Daytona, that could really mess with a guy. And I think that really messed with Ryan Newman because ever since then, his finishes haven't been where they usually are. So this is definitely a big gamble, but hell would it be great if he can get a top 10 and you can save one of these top drivers here for another race. Ryan Newman, six pick at best. We're going to keep him in the garage area, but there is a chance that he could score a top 10 here at New Hampshire. So those are the guys you want to take a chance on. The number 24 of William Byron, the number 2 of Brad Keselowski, the number 21 of Matt DiBandetto, the number 10 of Eric Amarola, and the number 6 of Ryan Newman. And that will conclude the final segment of today's episode. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Oh, that one was a struggle for me. I, I don't know why I struggled so much with today's episode. Hopefully, there's not too many cuts and shit like that where I'm just like, oh, and oh, ah. Of course, I'm going to do my best to make sure that we don't have too many of those in there because that's just unprofessional and that would just really piss me off as a listener. So I'll make sure to make those adjustments. But, whew. Man, I could not talk today, but I feel I'm just grateful that I was able to finish this out and give you guys some good fantasy picks. As far as me goes for this race, I think who I'm going to go with as far as my six guys, I want to include Matthew Benedetto for sure. I will probably put Tyler Reddick, Kurt Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Trex Jr., and Kyle Busch. If not Kyle Busch, maybe Joey Logano. I'm actually going to stay away from the Rick Henrik guys this weekend, and we'll see how that works because... That, that is a pretty ballsy thing to say. Henrik has been kicking ass the last couple of months, and I'm not going to put a single one on there. Ugh. We'll see how well that one works for me, but make sure to go to our YouTube channel. We're getting ready to release a new video here within the next couple of days. I was trying to get it out today, but unfortunately, I did not want to delay the podcast, so this one's going to be pushed off to either Saturday or Sunday. I'm going to be looking at teams who have struggled throughout the years and go into a more in-depth, so this next video coming up is going to be five of the worst cup teams in recent memory, and boy, there are some bad ones. I'm pretty sure you guys can already name a couple that are going to be on this list. If this one does well, we're going to do multiple episodes and do kind of like a series with this because there's a lot of shitty teams out there. And it's just really fun to look at them and see what exactly how in the world they were able to create a team. So that's all for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time. So I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>